Welcome to It's Time for the Word, the podcast ministry of Pastor P.A. Harvin, founder and senior leader of It's Time Ministries. No matter where you find yourself in life, you still matter to God. And guess what? You matter to me as well. Trust me, I've made enough messes in my life to realize that God still has a plan for me in spite of me. From those messes, he's taught me the importance of staying connected to him in everything I do. And he's challenged me to help others in their walk with Christ. It's time that you walk in your purpose, in your passion, and in his power. No more excuses. It's time to grow. Let's go. Now, I want to show you all the correlation between wisdom, culture, and worship. Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts and mind, hearts to, to the which also you were called in one body and be thankful. We discovered that. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. We just talked about that. Teaching, here we go. Teaching and admonishing one another in Psalms. Now we're talking about culture. I got to teach you. You got to be taught. You got to be cultivated. Teaching means to be cultivated. Come on, somebody. Teaching and admonishing one another. Not just the pastor, but all of us doing it to each other. Not just waiting for somebody else to fix something that ain't right. No, you got a part in this also, my brother, my sister, because we got to do this thing together. Come on. I'm teaching and admonishing one another. How are we going to do this? One of the ways we do it is in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our heart, in your hearts to the Lord. Why is that so important? Well, one of the ways we know we can identify a culture is in their expressions of worship or their music. Come on, somebody. Uh, we know culture oftentimes by the music people listen to. That, that is one of the expressions of culture. Amen. And so God says, if, if your culture is to worship me, then your music ought to be teaching and admonishing one another to love me, to worship me. So now if your music ain't lining up, with, with God, then you got to ask yourself, what culture are you cultivating in yourself? Oh, my goodness. If what I'm listening to is not lining up, because remember in Deuteronomy, we told you, he said, I want you to worship me. Exodus 20, he said, worship me and me alone. Then he says, here he says, teaching and admonishing ourselves, one another, in psalms, in hymns and spiritual songs. So the music we we play, the stuff we listen to, is either going to cultivate a God type of worship in us, or it's going to take us away from wanting to worship God. One of the tools that God has given us is to teach and admonish each other in songs and spiritual songs and hymns. Amen. That's scripture. Singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. So when we sing, we sing with grace unto the Lord. I can't sing with grace unto the Lord when I'm when I'm talking about what I'm gonna do with somebody's wife or, or I'm gonna do it with this person, I'm gonna get a hook up over that. That don't sound like grace to the Lord to me. I'm just saying, I'm just simply saying, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, Pastor Harvin, I hear you, but I ain't quite feeling you right now. Well, let's keep on looking. Going to Colossians chapter 4, verse number 6. 
Watch this. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Let what comes out of your mouth make sure it's seasoned with grace, seasoned with salt, that you will always know how to answer every man. Come on, somebody. Let what let me say it one more time because you got to get this. Because what comes out of your mouth, what you're singing, what you're listening to is cultivating, it's part of culture. And so, if you have a God culture, you're cultivating worship, then the songs and everything you listen to ought to be about worshiping God. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, well, Pastor Harvin, is it going to send somebody to hell if they um, don't sing this songs? Him? I'm not saying that. I'm just simply letting you know, understand the power of the song and music, the power of culture and how culture is, is handed down. We got to be careful of what we say. That goes back to Deuteronomy 6 again. We keep going back in this circle. The words you put before your children and your family, they are cultivating something. So if you want them to be worshipers, you want them to be praises of God, then you ought to cultivate that by how you talk about God around them, by what you allow in your ear gates and what you allow in your house. You come in my house like, want to put some vulgarity? Oh, no, no, no. See, see, that's not what we're cultivating here because we want our children. We're, we're adamant that our children serve God and that has to be cultivated. And I'm telling you, you got to be careful what you're listening to, what you're allowing and the craziness is that sometimes, why is it that we will buy them some some of this ungodly music and then we wonder why they don't have a consciousness to want to serve God? It's what you've been cultivating. I'm trying to help you. Let's look at um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19 real quick. And I want to show you a contrast here. Notice in Ephesians 5 and 19, it sounds familiar. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing to the and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That sounds awfully familiar to what we just read in Colossians, but it's talking about something a little bit different in Ephesians now. Let's go back and, and get some context. Let's back up to Ephesians um, 5, verse 17. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. In other words, operate in wisdom. There it goes. And be not drunk with wine where it is in excess but be filled with the spirit. Now notice in Colossians three, um, Paul talks about um, being full of the word. He talks about um, being rich in, in the word and wisdom from the word. But in, in Ephesians, he says, be full of the spirit. So now this tells me something. If I'm going to truly be full of the spirit, I also got to be full of the word. Those two passages go together. How do we know it? Because the glue is the result that they both carry. The glue is when you're full of the spirit, when you've got the Holy Ghost, when you're full of the spirit of God, you will speak to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Okay? Because you're full of the spirit. But watch this. But when you're full of the spirit and you're full of the word, guess what you're going to do? You're going to do Colossians 3 and 16. Sound familiar? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. See, that's how the two got to go together. So if you really going to be a worshiper, my brother, my sister, you got to know who you're worshiping. You got to know the word, 
but you also got to have the spirit of God in you. Now, let me take you where I want to take you. Now, let's go over to John chapter four. John chapter four. Because this woman, this Samaritan woman that Jesus meets at the well. Notice what Jesus never told her that she was wrong to worship. She did, he just told her she was ignorant in her worship. Jesus said unto her, go call your husband and come here. <laughs> the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, you're right. You don't have a husband. Um, for the, You've had five husbands. And he whom you are with now, that ain't your husband. In that saith thou truly. The woman said unto him, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Oh, now I'm a prophet because I called your card. See, what Jesus does here, he gets to the heart of the matter. He gets to the disconnect between why she really can't worship God um, because her life living is not lining up with someone who can really worship God. And so we're going to keep going. We, we ain't there yet. Look at verse 20. I'll find, look at what she says. She, she has, she has a, her own methodology of worship. She has a religiosity about worship based upon what her fathers did. Mama did it. Daddy did it. Granddaddy did it. Look at what she says. Our fathers worship in this mountain. Mind you, this is a Samaritan woman. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, here it goes, ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. The Jews looked at them as half-breeds because they were intermarried and intermingled with some of the heathen people around them. And so they had a lot of spirit in their worship. The Samaritans did. They, they, they were passionate in worship, but they were ignorant in worship. So they worshiped with spirit, but they did not worship with words. You got to hear this. And so the Bible says that Jesus came in and said, we Jews, we we know what we worship. You don't know what you're worshiping because the Jews had knowledge of the place to worship. They had word, but they were lacking in spirit. Okay. So let's look at how Jesus puts all these together. Notice that he's trying to get us to understand that there's a culture that has to come out. If your culture is you memorize Bible verses, but you never lift your hands up, you, you, you don't have any passion for God. Um, that's not going to cut it. If your culture is you run around the church and you and you and you holler all the time, but you don't know what you hollering about, that's not going to cut it. God is looking for a, a, a culture that's based upon the wisdom of God and that we're wise in our worship of him. Let me show it to you. Go back into John chapter four. Look at the word of God. Verse number 23. Jesus says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father. How? In spirit. They got Ephesians 5, 19 in them. But also in truth, they got Colossians 3 and 16. Glory to God. So God says, I need you to have passion, but I also need you to have knowledge. And when you show me a brother or sister that have passion for God, that's based upon knowledge, I'll show you a brother or sister that can stand against anything the devil bring at him. You show me a brother or sister that loves God, um, not only for what he did in their life, but they, lo they love God because they know the word of God and they know what he will do. I'll show you somebody the devil cannot defeat. You show me a brother or sister that can not only quote scripture, but live scripture. 
I'll show you a brother or sister that can worship God in spirit and in truth. You show me a brother or sister that when adversity comes to their house and when things go wrong in their life, they don't stop coming to church. They don't curse God. They, they stand on the word of God. They say, uh, you know what? All that they say, just like Job, all the days of my appointed time, I will wait until my change come. I'm going to continue to worship God. I'm going to worship him while I'm waiting. I'm about to preach a sermon in a couple of weeks on that. Y'all get ready for it. I'm going to worship him while I'm waiting because I know that God is going to come through for me. That's how, that's what it means for us to be true worshipers. There's so many things out there, y'all, that we can get off track and begin to worship. But even in church, we have to worship God with wisdom. You're not wise because you sit there and never, and never tell God, thank you. That's not wisdom. Common sense even tells us that if someone has done something good for you, you, you take the time and you thank them. Common sense even tells us if somebody opens a door for you, you look back at them and you say, thank you. Well, my God, how many doors has God opened in your life? And have you told him thank you? How many times has God made ways for you? And have you looked back to God and said, Lord, I thank you. Not look back to him, just look at him and say, Lord, thank you. How many times has God brought you before his presence? Glory to God. And you didn't even thank him. You know what? Just think about this for a second. Think about this like this. Think about if you got invited um, to a king's house. Glory to God. And the king said, well, you said, well, well, I can't afford to, to get there. I don't have the, the financial means to get there. Well, the king says, no problem. You ain't got to pay for it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send somebody to come get you. I'm going to send somebody to come get you. Now, the only way you will get into the gates of the palace is that you got to come in with the driver I sent for you. Glory to God. Now, what person in their right mind would someone, if they gave you access to them, they sent for you, they came and got you, they brought you before their presence. What person in their right mind would look at that king and not say thank you? What person in their right mind would not look at and tell the driver thank you? Can I just help somebody understand something? You were lost in a world of sin. I was lost in a world of sin. I did not have a way to get to God's palace. I did not have a way to get into the presence of God again. When Adam and Eve messed up, they implemented death. And death said we were separated from our place in God. God said, I love them too much to let them stay separated. I love them too much to let them go down like that. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to send my driver. I'm going to send my son, Jesus. I'm going to send him into the earth realm. We celebrating Christmas. Uh, I'm going to send him through a virgin. Uh, he's going to be born through a virgin. He's going to have to go through some things just like they did. Uh, but I'm sending my son, Jesus, to go get those people that I love so much that I'm willing to send him and sacrifice him to give them access to come back to me. And now when they come before me, they don't have to come ashamed. They, they don't have to come saying that, what are you doing here? Who let you in? I got my son at the right hand saying, he's with me. She's with me. Uh, interceding for us, giving us access to the father again. What person in their right mind would not tell that king, thank you? What person in their right mind would not say, Lord, I 
thank you for giving me access. I'm not praising God for the car. I'm not praising God for the house. Some people get it twisted. I'm not praising God for money. It ain't about money to me. It's about principle. I'm praising God because he came and he got me and he gave me access back to my heavenly father. And not only did he give me access, but he said, I want you to stay this time. I got a mansion prepared for you in glory that's got your name on it. And you mean to tell me with all the knowledge I have of what he's already done for me, with the wisdom that I've gained from learning the word of God and the passion I have for God, you mean to tell me I'm supposed to act like God's just some quiet person? The devil is a liar. I'm too wise not to worship him now. Oh my God, we want to talk about somebody else, but are you wise enough to realize that God's been good to you? I know you're going through pain right now. I know this is a difficult time of year, but are you wise enough to recognize that, that even in the midst of what you're going through, God has still been good to you? Oh my God, the wisdom to worship God is found in the word. I know you're missing your loved one right now, but let me give you some of the wisdom that allow you to worship. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Uh, I know you worship, you're missing your loved one right now, and it seems like this is a hard time of the year, but let me give you some wisdom that will propel you into worship. Uh, the Bible said, oh death, where is your sting? And oh grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be unto God who has given us the victory. That's what propels us into worship. Uh, the wisdom of the word of God will propel you to worship God. Uh, that's why that same passage tells us in 1 Corinthians, oh my God, my God. He said, therefore be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as we know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Uh, it takes wisdom to worship God. Oh my God, because the devil will try to slap you around with stuff. Oh, but when you're wise in the word of God, uh, you can still give God praise no matter what it looks like because there's wisdom in the word for your situation. Uh, you just lost your job and you can still give God praise because he said, the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not lack. Uh, I don't know who I'm talking to, but you can give God praise right there on that alone because there's wisdom in worshiping God. Uh, are you a wise worshiper? Or are you just somebody just waiting for everything to go right? Oh, no, no, no. I've been through too much. I had to lose too many things in my life. Uh, had too many struggles to get through in, in, in the midst of everything. God sent his word and there was wisdom that allowed me to keep on worshiping through my tears. Keep on worshiping through the trial. Keep on worshiping through the tribulation. I don't know who I'm talking to. Oh my God, my God. God says you got to be a wise worshiper. Don't you let those people steal your joy, make you think you foolish for giving God praise. I know what season it is. I know what you just went through. I know how you feel in your flesh, but you got to pull this worship from outside of your flesh. This got to come from a place of a relationship with God. Uh, you got to pull this worship out of your spirit, man. Uh, you got to pull this worship out of your knowledge of God and say, I will yet give you glory and I will yet give you praise. You have been too good to me. I got to worship you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, God, for the wisdom to worship you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for the wisdom to worship you, Lord God. Oh, my God, help us to be wise worshipers, Lord God. Help us to be wise in our worship of you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Come on, right where you at right now, just take a few minutes. Take a few minutes and just lift your hands and just give God glory. Just worship him for who he is in your life. Come on, somebody. Make, the, make your house shift the atmosphere.
Glory to God. You've had the wrong culture in your house too long. God says tonight he begins to shift the atmosphere in your house because you are going to become the worshiper you were created to be. I dare you to lift your hands and, and just begin to magnify in your house. Let them think you crazy in the next room. Let them talk about you like you didn't lost your mind. Begin to shift the atmosphere. Cultivate a spirit of worship in your house, even in this season right now and right here tonight. Glory to God. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. Glory to God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Glory to God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're an awesome God. You're an awesome God. You're worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, you are worthy to be praised, Lord God. Lord, I'd be a fool if I didn't tell you thank you. I would be a fool if I didn't adore your holy name. I would be a fool if I couldn't lift my hands and say, Lord, I appreciate you, God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. God wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth unashamed, unapologetically, just giving him glory. But brothers and sisters, this worship I'm talking about, it's not just in what comes out of my mouth. It's in how we live our lives. I know we all have a story. We all have a past. And can I be real with you? Sometimes I lose it myself. But the reality is I've got to be a wise worshiper. There's some things I can't allow in my body anymore because I'm going to be a wise worshiper. There's some things I don't entertain. I don't I don't hang out with because I want to be wise because I don't want anything to get in the way of me being able to worship God. When I lift my hands, I want him to receive my praise and my adoration. I'm not doing this because I'm a pastor. I'm not doing this because uh, anybody's watching. Let me tell you something. you got to learn how to give God glory when it's just you and God all by yourself. Because there's going to come a point in your life. Nobody's going to be there but you and God. You got to know how to get in his presence. It's time that we become wise worshipers. Glory to God. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us at paharvin.org. Help us to continue to impact the world for Christ. And remember, no matter what's going on in your life, it's time to draw closer to Christ.